Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today, we're sitting down with Edward Rodriguez, who's the CEO and founder of BPN Capital Group. He's combining blockchain technology with commercial mortgage investing. This is a topic that can be very tempting to fly right over your head. But if you're someone who's savvy in the world of business, entrepreneurship, and finding good investments, this is a great episode for you to tune in on. Stay tuned. We talk about it more in detail. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast, talking about something that I'm pretty interested in. And you as a listener, you ever heard about that thing called Bitcoin? You ever heard about blockchain? Have you heard of like maybe friends and family mentioning it? And have you even wondered, okay, what does this mean for the business world at hand? Well, today we're actually talking with Edward Rodriguez, who's the CEO and founder of BPM Capital Group. One of the things you may have heard about blockchain technology is this conversation around, okay, what's the real world use case for it? Like, What does it actually look like maybe 5, 10, even 15 years from now? And could we one day be living in a world where blockchain is incredibly commonplace? In fact, it's mass adopted and it's part of our everyday life. Well, the BPN Capital Group, they specialize in financing and investing using this blockchain technology. We're going to be talking about what exactly that means today, and more importantly, why it might be very exciting for you in your business and your investments. Edward, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Blake. Uh, And great things that you touched on. Uh, Again, but I, I believe exactly as you said. Uh, in the next 10 to 15 years, just like the internet is today, blockchain will be part of our daily, daily lives and it, it will be max, massively used by, by humanity. Well, I think many of us can remember back to the early 2000s where the internet was, and this is a bit after um, you know, the dot-com bu- uh, bust and people were a bit wary of of. You know, do I really have to have my website online? Do I even really need to use online? I've even talked to people who've told stories of their boss being like, oh, that's a fad. We're not going to invest <laughs> in that. We're not going to think about that. And now you pretty much can't escape the internet. In fact, uh, you can be on a road trip somewhere. And in many cases, you know, whatever device you have has internet access. Talk to me a little bit about the world of blockchain. First of all, what the heck is blockchain? All right. So I, I'm going to put it in simple terms because everybody is everybody that goes out there and tries to give an explanation, trying to find these difficult terms that are very hard sometimes for people to understand. So the first thing I want to start by is I'm going to give you a comparison. You see, uh, there is a big difference between blockchain and cryptocurrencies and blockchain and Bitcoin. So people, a lot of people have the misconception of Bitcoin is blockchain. Mm. Totally wrong. 
totally wow. wrong. Okay. So I'll give you an example. That's like saying Yahoo was the internet. Okay. Back okay. in the early 90s. You see, yes, Yahoo was the best case used for the internet. That's the one that we mainly knew. Sim- similarly to MSN. I don't know if you recall that. Uh, back in the early 90s as well, uh, MSN was the messenger that people used to communicate. You see, we people used to spend hours and hours chatting with people from all over the world on MSN. Today is not relevant. People, yeah. we don't even use MSN anymore. It's totally different, totally different ballgame. So the internet is the platform where Yahoo operated on. It's the same thing with Bitcoin. Blockchain is the platform where Bitcoin operates on. And that's how we got to look at it. I mean, there are so many applications to blockchain on every single industry that could be disrupted by blockchain. Blockchain in simple terms is an upgrade to the internet. It's a large scale uh, accounting system that is incorruptible that could be used to build trust. That's really the thing that blockchain solves. Trust. You see, after something is put on the ledger, it cannot be tampered with. That's really, today we have many industries that mm-hmm. are literally the middleman of, of the industries just because there's no trust, mm-hmm. right? That's why we use title insurance. That's why we use attorneys. That's why we, and I'm not saying all of these people are going to go away. In the contrary, they could build systems within blockchain to actually be more effective, be more efficient, and allow all of this to be more transparent for the the end user. So I'm pretty. I love how you mentioned how this is. This goes across pretty much every industry known to man. I mean, the implications of it are pretty incredible. Uh, I live in Walmart world, where our Walmart headquarters is located. And there's quite a bit of dialogue just in the supplier community around, you know, the next step beyond RFID tracking, like being able to put every shipment, every product down to the individual grape, you know, tracking these items on the blockchain and really the implications beyond supply chain. Uh, I've seen similar conversations in healthcare and the medical world. Um, Talk to me a little bit about your industry. You're taking blockchain and making it a big part of the finance industry or the financing industry. How did you start BPN Capital Group and what was the vision for that? Got it. So I I used to do uh, commercial real estate, residential real estate, then quantitative risk analysis, then commercial financing. And then I discovered blockchain in early 20, late 2013, early 2014. And there were a lot of structures that I learned through all of the industries that I had already worked on, uh, mainly in the quant space, where I saw that only people with a lot of capital had access to that, those type of structures because they had the capital at hand. So what we're trying to do and what we're finally accomplishing is through legally, thanks to blockchain, use security tokens, 
which security tokens are totally different from utility tokens. So a utility token is a token, bless you. <laughs> I muted bless myself, but thank you. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Continue. So, sorry. So a security token is a token that will be structured and it will be backed by something. You see, a utility token is mainly used as a utility. It could be worthless, worthless tomorrow if there's no demand for it. A security in the other end has an asset behind it that's the collateral. You see that will, it could be, we are bringing blockchain to the debt space. Uh, we structure one of the first commercial mortgage-backed securities uh, on blockchain. We have done uh, other structures where we're using it as debt and we're doing it as equity where we give access to people that don't have billions of dollars to take advantage of our security tokens to be able to participate by having a fraction of how much it will be to invest. So just to give you an example, one of the projects that we are currently working on uh, is with a company called Northwest Advanced Biofuel. That project, they're doing a biofuel uh, plan to help Delta reduce their emissions every year, right? And it's a beautiful project. As soon as I got introduced to it, I was fascinated. And I was like, yeah, you can count with me 100%. Why not help the environment when a company that has pioneered many things in the past, like their airlines, wants to do something good for, for the environment? Why not be a part of it? So we were, uh, we were excited to work with them. And within this structure, Literally, people will be able to buy security tokens within the firm that will allow them to not only make 11% uh, interest on their money through the structure, but also gain a 4% uh, equity share on the company itself that has already a contract with Delta for the next 10 years. You see... Regularly, that type of a structure is offered to people that has hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, and it never comes out to the public. It comes out to yeah. the public when the company becomes publicly traded. Right. But at the time the company is becoming publicly traded, that, that means that the investors are cashing out, right? And yes, there's still a little bit of opportunity for those of us that buy into the stock. It's just not the same thing because you're now coming in at the full valuation of the project instead of coming in early on and being an early investor, even if you were only able to invest 25,000 and now your 25 has the potential to go up thousand times, 300 mm. times, 500 times. Well, it's I mean, do you, do you ever have people who are, cause there's so much opportunity for this to go like way over your head, not your head, my head <laughs> <laughs> and the average investor's head or someone who's looking to, um, whether it's real estate, whether it's the kind of deal you're talking about, do you ever have to, like, I would imagine in your industry, you're spending a lot of time educating people, helping people understand what it's not. I mean, you start talking about things like, you know, thousand percent return. And, you know, I, I would imagine that some people get really wary or they're like, is this a scam? What, like, what is this? Just because they don't fully comprehend what's happening uh, in this industry. 
Talk to me a little bit about those kinds of conversations you have to have with people. Yeah, so so mainly education is pretty much our 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 biggest challenge because we have to come in and and educate and try to provide as much as we can about the instructors. The good thing we have going for us is the projects we take are regularly with the strong companies that people will easily recognize. You see, yeah. So right. that that helps a lot with the credibility. At the same time. We have a broker dealer we work with uh, to structure to structure these things for us and and help us with putting it together. Uh, we're also now uh, in the process of getting our investment advisor license. We're starting with that, and we give them a quantitative risk analysis and let them be the judge. Right. Sure. So here it is. Here's the structure. And I, I I tell everyone, it's not only on our stuff that you should be doing this. You should be doing this with all of your investment. You should be analyzing the risk of every single dollar you're thinking on putting out. Uh, because at the end of the day, it, it, all investments have risk. There's no doubt. All investments 100% have risk. Ones have riskier risk than others, but definitely all investments have risk. Uh, and we don't have a crystal ball that we could say, sure, this is 100%. Nothing is 100%. Right. Right. Nothing is guaranteed. It's an investment. Right. And that's why uh, by allowing you to make an educated decision based on risk analysis is one of the things that we are, are, are mainly helping with. And at the same time, working with credible, credible sources. So, for example, we're doing a real estate project with, with a large developer that has done, they've been in the industry for over 40 years. You see, they have developed some of the most iconic buildings, not only in South Florida, but also in, in Brazil, France, Colombia. Man, those kind of groups, you, you're like, well, these guys have done it a hundred times. So, uh, so is it it's a track there's a track record involved with with the sponsors that we're currently working with mainly let's let's run with the example you just gave let's talk about this maybe large commercial real estate um developer who's done plenty of work they have a rich history of what they've done is is the is the pull for the investor basically um you get to sort of and, and I apologize, I don't hope I'm not oversimplifying it. I'm just yeah, I'm trying to understand it on my side too. Yeah. Is the pool basically, you know, hey, you get to essentially maybe crowdfund isn't the right word because this kind of de- developer probably already has the liquidity to actually do it on their own. But yeah, you're sort of um, but in a way, you're sort of buying a stake or you're investing a stake in this next deal uh through blockchain. And then once the deal is done, you are, you know ideally making a, a sizable return on that project? Is that so, basically- So I'll give you an example in basic terms. There, there is an instructor that has been around for over 50 years. I was the guy that named it. I gave it the name billionaire instructor, but definitely I was not the guy that came up with the instructor. I found I found about it through, through some of my mentors that are in the quant space. And pretty much what what, the billionaire structure is about is billionaires regularly come into a lot of these high rises mainly. Let's say it costs a hundred million to build a high rise. 
So what they do is they say, all right, I'll come in as an early investor. I will put up 20% of what it costs to build and follow what I'm saying. They will put 20% of what it costs to build, but they want 40% of the equity in the structure. What does that mean? That means that they made 100% of their money they want. Right. That means if the real estate market goes south and the property after it's completed loses 50% of its market value, they just broke even. Right, right. Okay? Mm -hmm. That's the billionaire structure. And we're using the same structure to structure a lot of our real estate deals that are that have to be that has to do anything with with construction. And what that does is as long as the the value of the property doesn't go to zero, even if he loses 50% market value, you still just broke even. Right. If the property, remember, that's they're putting in 20% of what it costs to build. Now, when the project's finished, it's regularly worth more than what it costs to build it, right? Because that's yeah. why the developer was building it. Sure. If it would be worth the same, then it makes no sense to build it. So they make 100% of their money day one, and then in equity, and then when the development is finished, they have the potential of making an excess of the difference between the cost to build and the cost after completion, which mainly is 170 to 200% or 150%. So, or holding it as an asset, right? Correct. I mean so, so that's a huge upside, right? And... It's in the side, in the sense of the developer, they're already doing this. The only difference is now is not from a billionaire. Now is from a group of investors instead of a single investor. But they're already doing what we're doing. Right. You see, yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of these large structures. That's why you see that billionaires or large hedge funds own forty to fifty percent of of what the. Uh, the project is, is because they were the guys that came in early on and used the billionaire structure to to go into the to the project. So tell me about like your your the demographic of the kinds of people that you're working on behalf with. Are, are, are these are these institutional investors who are smart enough that they've realized how profitable blockchain can be? Are these um, relatively young investors in the sense of not age, but in sense of maybe they've never really done much investing. Um, I mean, talk to me a little bit about who are the kinds of people who are most excited about this and eager to work with you? So there's a mix, right? There's a very large mix. Uh, the reality is uh, we have gotten phone calls from even banks executives and bank partners to come into our structure. We even got a, a bank, I'm, I won't say the name, but call and say, we want to buy the whole thing. Right. Wow. Because they understood what we were doing. They've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Right. So it's what uh, they've been doing, but in a very new sort of groundbreaking technology that's making right. it, it's disrupting the industry. It's making it safer. It's making it more transparent. I'll say mainly it's making it more transparent. You see, because it's, give, it's also giving access to the guys that never had access to that type of returns, you see? Well, today, sure. I mean, I, I'm, today, if you want sorry, to invest $100,000 into a real estate property, uh, your return is going to be maybe 5 to 4% cap, you know? And good luck. I mean, 
sometimes it's even less than that. You maybe make $300, $200 clean on your investment. With the same $100,000, you could actually participate in investments that before only billionaires were allowed to participate and have 100% return in equity day one. Right. Is so. and is this a game that a game makes it sound like it's you're playing with money, but is this <laughs> is this something that I'm thinking even lower than a hundred grand? I mean, is this something that someone could invest 10 grand in? Yes. Because you're right. This this is a a a circumstance that no one who has 10 grand to invest would ever be brought to the table. Yeah, you would never right. ever be at the table. That's and right. so this is interesting. And that's why I'm curious is if the early, the young investor who, you know, they've they've made a little bit of money, they've put a little money aside and they're wondering, and maybe they've looked at the stock market and said, you know what, that's not necessarily the game for me. Can they could they work with someone like you and find yes. okay, wow, yes. that's pretty interesting. Yes. And again, I mean. The reason it's a mix is because the big guys know exactly what we're doing. You see, for <laughs> them, it's not new. They know yeah, exactly sure. what we're doing. Yeah. So, so for them is, gosh, yes, why not? I mean, you're giving me access. A big thing that we're resolving for the big guys, though, is that before when they went into this type of structures, they were locked. You see, they couldn't get out. I yeah. Mean, projects five years. Guess okay. what? You're going to have interesting. to hold five yeah. years. Now, we're saying 12 months after we put out these structures, and in some cases, even a month after we put out these structure, if you want liquidity, you can go and trade your security tokens right. without any restrictions. Right. Zero it's yours, restrictions. Because it belongs to you. Right. It belongs to you. So that's for amazing. them, it's so them, exciting. That's a huge upside. Yeah. Because before they had to lock their money up for seven, five, seven, 10 years. Right. Now they don't have that restrictions. Right. This is such a cool concept, and it's it's clicking with me now. Now I'm getting it. Uh, I mean, when you when you talk to people, I mean, you got to get. I'm sure you get so excited just thinking about the potential upside, and also as people start to understand um, just the breadth of investing that you can do. I mean, sure. it's it's. I I even wonder. I mean, how do you as a business owner? How do you stay focused on you know the industries that you're working with? Um, I mean, are you taking it deal by deal? Are you? I, I'm taking it deal by deal. Okay. So we we get bombarded with. Uh, we have right now projects that we are have our quants reviewing and and our analyst team a team over fourteen point seven billion dollars worth of projects today. Wow. Right. Wow. And again, we we want to make sure that. Uh, I'm not saying anything's going to be perfect because nobody's perfect, but every single file we want to put up is because it passes our risk analysis. We do the risk analysis. We do a quant analysis. And aside from our own quant analysis, when we put it out, we hire a, a third-party company that's aside from us to do a quant analysis, to present it to our investors so that third-party company has no input on how we analyze the risk, right? We give them the numbers and say, guys, here it is. Do a quant analysis because that's what we're going to provide our investors with. And allow our investors to make an educated decision on what is it that they're going to be putting their money on. Mm. And again, I mean, we want to... The biggest takeaways that people should have from what we're doing is we are giving you access that before never existed. And at the same time, we are providing you information that before 
I'll give you an example. Let's say you wanted to get into a commercial mortgage-backed security, a SPAC, or a commercial mortgage-backed security bond. Those things are com- comprised and, and literally made of over thousands and thousands of mortgages, commercial mortgages. Even if you wanted to, you couldn't get through it unless you hire a quant to go through it, right? And analyze the risk for you. So mainly you're making a bet when you buy into those structures, you're making a bet that the financial institution that put together the bond or that put together the SPAC did a good job at analyzing the risk. But don't forget that 2008 happened exactly because of this, right? Mm -hmm. Because the financial institutions were not paying attention to the credit rating agencies and the people doing the risk analysis were paid based on bonuses. So if you tell me, hey, I'm going to give you a big fat check at the end of the year based on performance, based on how many loans are closed, and I'm the guy that's supposed to look out at the risk of the investment, well, I'm not being paid and I'm not saying myself. I'm saying, I guess that's the position that a lot of those people put themselves into. They were not paying attention. They were just believing everything the credit rating agencies were saying. Right. And they were not thoroughly going through the structure. You see, and, and as a risk analyst, I can tell you a lot of the guys that were within that space back then were able to put their clients out of the industry very early on because they knew what the risks were. They knew that they were putting their money in toxic product that unfortunately was worthless, just worthless paper. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference here. Instead of having to look for someone to underwrite the risk or analyze, you're going to get that from us up front. We're going to tell you, hey, in a very simple quant analysis, here it is. You review it. You decide if this is something you want to put your money on. Do you ever see this becoming something where, like I'm just thinking, again, 10 to 15 years like we started with, Mm -hmm. imagine a city. Do you ever envision a city where an entire block or a city block, or maybe even the entire city is in terms of like ownership, that it's broken down into these um, these security tokens that represent percents of equity across that city block or across that city street? I mean, is that is that where we're heading with this, where it's sort of a, a micro equity ownership that people can have? Definitely. So I'll give you an example. Never before have you seen uh, someone say. Oh, I own a little percentage of that high, high right. price. Right. Ever, ever right. you've seen that, right? Today we're doing that. Yeah. Today we have a $650 million structure where people can say, I own a little percentage of that building. You see? And and that's that's literally one of the things that blockchain gives us access to. Because the reality is, if it wasn't because of blockchain. You could not say 100% transparently you can accomplish it. Because the thing is that as soon as anything gets put together, a package gets put together, we're going to hash it on blockchain. For it to be changed, it goes through a voting process that the token holders, the security token holders have to vote and approve with more than a 51% vote for it to be able to pass. You see... People can now go in and say, oh, today, yesterday was on a hundred million project. Today it's on a hundred and twenty million project, which currently that's what happens with the majority of 
these structures. You see, things happen just because someone says it's going to happen. Well, here we're be, we have the capability of giving the power, even though you only invested $10,000 into the structure, your tokens have a vote. Each single vote represents, each single token represents a vote, right? So you have a voice, even though you are a very small investor within the structure. Does, does the nature of blockchain, and maybe it's the voting that you're talking about, prevent a... Um, prevent like the, the creation of just new tokens, for example, just to flood, to, to minimize, accurate. to minimize. Okay. Okay. To minimize risk. Because again, the biggest problem blockchain solves is transparency. After we hash a file, after we hash the documents on blockchain, nobody can go in and change it without leaving a trace and without pretty much allowing to see who did it at what time. And, and, if they did it without permission, then it's not valid. It's, it's mm. not, right? That's the beauty of blockchain. You see, you can tamper with the information. You can change it without leaving a trace and without others finding out that you did something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so curious. I mean, this is exciting stuff. I'm curious about your background. I was reading that uh, at the age of 11, you had your own chain of hot dog stands in the Dominican Republican, excuse me, that- Dominican Republic. Um, so you've been a lifelong entrepreneur and I imagine, you know, what a really great hot dog tastes like. How did you get from there to here? Well, back, back then I I was blessed to, to be born in a family of, of, uh, I will say business oriented that even though maybe they didn't have the secret sauce, but early on, I was supposed to being an entrepreneur and investing and, uh, diversifying. And the hot dog stand started as I got into a point where I was like, you know what? I'm not selling hot dogs. If I really want to grow this, it's not the hot dog is just a product. Hmm. I was not selling hot dogs. I was selling an experience. And that's how I was able to multiply it and, and make it where I had a hot dog stand pretty much in every single mini market any of my family members had. So this, and, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Correct. So it, I created like this domino game that they will come and play uh, three times a week. And, and I had people literally lining up to play dominoes. And huh. sooner or later, they were going to get hungry, right? If you're playing dominoes for two hours and you have a hot dog stand right next to you, what are you going to eat when you get hungry? Right. Right. Well, pretty it, much, I, I was there to pretty much surf and solve that problem. And I like this concept because a lot of times for um, just pure product-based businesses, people think that their product has to be like, we have to have the best hot dog in the world or the yeah. best cup of coffee. I don't know how familiar <laughs> if you've ever eaten at a Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A is known as one of the most profitable fast food uh, or excuse me, fastest growing fast food restaurants in the business. The food isn't, I mean, it's fine, but it's not like, wow, my life. Yeah, my life hasn't changed, but they have invested tons of money into the experience and the customer experience. Um, So you've been been in the business world for a long time. You're doing some really exciting stuff right now, or unfortunately, we're running out of time. What for, for, for my listeners who are business owners, they're entrepreneurs, some of them are 
they're thinking about, okay, I want to make some investments, but I'm not sure. I know maybe the traditional routes, but I'm excited about blockchain. How do they reach out to you? How do they follow up? Yeah, they could go to our website, www.bpncapitalgroup.io. And they could also find us in uh, Twitter, at BPRO Network. They could find us at LinkedIn, at BPN Capital Group. And they can send us messages or reach out through email at info at bpncapitalgroup.com. Great. Edward, it was awesome having you on the podcast today. And what an incredible episode. I so appreciate you. Likewise, my friend. Thank you for having me. And definitely any time uh, you want to do this again, just let me know. Absolutely. Hey, for our listeners, if you enjoy the episode, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button. Click that follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. Don't forget to check out the BPN Capital Group. Again, it's at bpncapitalgroup.io. I'll put the link down in the episode description below. And also don't forget, if you want to do a little investing of your own, you should be investing into the podcast. If you want to support this awesome podcast, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash good advice. Again, that's at patreon.com slash good advice. And hey, I so appreciate you. Thanks for supporting the podcast. We'll catch you later. See ya.